Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in, so you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Test, 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 yes. All right, all right, all right. All right, coming out first. Guys from Lake Forest Park, Mad TV, Ghostbusters, the new cur- Curb Your Enthusiasm, Seattle Zone, my man Adam Ray. Seattle! How are you guys? Make some noise. You guys pumped to be here tonight? Come on. The I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Michael Rappaport, G. Moody, and Sean motherfucking Kemp in the house. You guys pumped? How are you guys? Good to see you. Thanks for wearing that hat, buddy. Good. Like a fucking Seattle painter who just got laid off. I like that. Pretty close. Nice. What do you really do? Graphic designer. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. All right, nothing funny there. Let's move along. Good. <laughs> this is Paul, man. I'm, I'm uh, glad to be back in Seattle from Lake Forest Park. I'm, I'm surprised I got some woos for that. Kenmore. Kenmore. Yeah. Kenmore, yeah. Kenmore. Hell yeah. I love coming back to Seattle, man. It's the coolest. We need a team back here, though, don't we? Everybody tries to make me feel better. They're like, dude, it sucks you lost the Sonics, but hey, at least you still got the storm. I'm like, not the same fucking thing, man. <laughs> Look, it's great that we got women's basketball. Don't get me wrong. But uh, don't try to console me by reminding me about something that exists that I'm not fucking into. That's not how making somebody feel better works. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you got your car towed, you wouldn't want somebody to be like, dude, sucks you got your car towed, man. That fucking, that blows, dude. But hey, Lee Trader Joe still sells vegan meatloaf. What the fuck, dude? Who gives a shit? I don't even eat meatloaf. 
come up with a better example. <laughs> I played uh, ball as a kid. I wanted to go pro. That was my dream, watching Sean and, and Gary and Nate growing up. I was like, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be out there one day playing with them. <laughs> but I was, you know, I had some things in the way. I was a little, I was a little fat fuck. <laughs> you know, that didn't help. I was quick fat, though, you know. Yeah, you guys know what quick fat is? Every 10, 20, 45 years, there comes along a fat kid that just defies the laws of gravity. That was me circa 95. I was just as quick as all the skinny kids. I just smelled like Pop-Tarts and mac and cheese when I sweat, you know? My coach called me Krispy Kreme Abdul-Jabbar. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> also, my mom really put the kibosh on it, right? I was nine. I was like, mom, I'm going to be in the NBA one day. And she straight up goes, Adam, there are no Jews in the NBA. So good luck with that shit. <laughs> Just a power slam of honesty at nine. I hadn't even hit double digits. She's already putting a uh, kibosh on the fantasy, which seemed uh, unfortunate and unfair from my perspective. And then I grew up and become an adult, and I was like, oh, no, she was right. There are no Jews uh, in the NBA. That is a bummer, but the harsh reality of the situation, right? You've never turned on any NBA game and heard a commentator be like, Rosenbaum for three. Weinstein at the line for two free throws. You know how he loves those. Really take his time with his shot, save how free it is. <laughs> you drinking tonight? Yeah, you guys gotta be. Five of you are? <laughs> Seattle's got the best drunk logic, man. People get fucked up and think outside the box here. I was here on New Year's. My best friend got so drunk at the end of the night and tried to open the front door to his apartment by pressing his iPhone on the door. I was like, hell yeah, you drank so much tequila, you thought you came home to the future. That's a lot of booze, Craig. And normally I'd laugh at that type of behavior, but he's Asian, so I was like, oh, it's not totally impossible for you to fathom you could do that right now. Yeah, good for you, man. Asians are known for being well ahead of the times, technologically speaking. So when you see an Asian to try to open a door by pressing a phone on it, we're all standing behind him like, whoa, is that something we can fucking do now? Is that like, should I get the update? What are you hiding from us? I get peer pressure, though, when I drink. That's my problem, you know. I got peer pressure to do uh, mushrooms over the summer. Never done them before. Got peer pressure. Didn't want to do them. There's always a reason to not want to miss out on the fun. That's why everyone can succumb to peer pressure at some point. Literally just hanging out on a Tuesday, my buddy's like, hey, man, mushrooms tonight? I was like, fucking no. <laughs> Thought that, put that to rest, and then he throws this at me. Come on! I was like, all right, yeah, fuck it. I didn't look at it from that angle. That's a good argument. Come on is a great point. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go to Vegas next week to do stand-up Not looking forward to it Because I'm gonna gamble I'm not a big gambler I always get sucked into that shit Roulette My buddy always wants me to play roulette He's like, you gotta play, man That's the most fun game of all time You never know what's gonna happen When you play roulette Dude, you never know what's gonna happen When you play Dude, you never know what's gonna happen Dude, you know what's gonna happen? <laughs> Fuck no, you don't, man It's roulette I'm like, bullshit, dude I know exactly what's gonna go down Here's anybody playing roulette ever Ready? Uh, black like, that's pretty much every time. You're a failure in two seconds. All right, look, my name's Adam Ray. That's all I got for you right now. Thank you very much. You guys ready to get this show started? Seattle Triple Door, you guys ready for the show you came to see? Come on! Keep that energy going right now for your host, Gene Moody and Michael Rappaport! What's up? What's up, Seattle? Woo! <laughs> what up? What's up? Yes, yes, yes. This is nice. This is cool. This is like being at the Cobra Cabana. Everybody's got the tables. 
Buttersoft, I am Rappaport Podcast T-shirts. What up? I told you, I told you I was coming out with the flannel. I told you I was coming to Seattle, and I was coming out with the flannel. You look good, man. This ain't some thrift store shit either. This is a custom flannel. <laughs> People in the back, how you feeling? All right, all right. Thank you for coming. This is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. That's right. My name is Michael Rappaport. This is G Moody. Yes. Last name rhymes with duty. For sure. You can take pictures and all that, but don't take all pictures the whole show, because otherwise you waste your money. You got good seats. I'm right here. You want to take a take the picture? Go ahead, take the picture. Take the picture. Good picture. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to rock for a little bit. And uh, although uh, normally, uh, you know, we go solo, we were in coming up to Seattle, and, and, and the, first, uh, the first and only person that I thought would be the best guest for this show would be Sean Kemp. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Um, so we're going to have him out in a little bit. And, um, you know, this is, a, this is a bit. I know you guys love your sports out here. I think collectively we could all say that we all hate Tom Brady, right? Fuck yeah. How's you guys doing in the corner over there? You guys good over there in the dead deep deep corner? All right. I'm just my eyes are just adjusting. But Tom Brady, man, Seattle, Seattle Sports, the home of mad shaming. Mad shaming started here. <laughs> if you don't know what mad shaming is, you know, everybody with the whole, it started here. And, and I love your Seahawks. I wanted them to win that Super Bowl. I love Russell the Love Muscle. Mm. Me too. We loved pre-steroid Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> but the whole you mad bro thing started with Richard Sherman. And now, like, somebody like me, I'm mad about everything. I wake up pissed off. Are you mad? Why you hating? And it all started with Richard Sherman said to Tom Brady, you mad, bro? And Tom Brady, who I can't stand this fucking guy. Mm-hmm. I can't stand his yeah. chin. I can't stand his Botox face. I can't stand anything. He should have said, yeah, I'm mad, motherfucker. You just beat us. Yep. I threw interceptions. And now you're coming over to me and asking me am I bad? Yes, I'm mad, motherfucker. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. He didn't do that. And the mad shaming epidemic started right here in Seattle. What? We're gonna, I'm going to ask questions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer questions. Adam's going to take questions. and all this. We, we, we were just down in San Francisco. It was an unruly crowd. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. They were a great crowd, but they were unruly. They didn't have, like, you know, sectioned off seating here and food and all that stuff. So I think it's because we, we flew up here this morning. Yeah. And United, what, Delta Airlines. Delta Airlines. So we're ready. We're yeah, ready. We, 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 we came ready because there's been too many incidents, especially on these short flights. If you're flying coast to coast, I feel like you're safe. But if you're flying anything less than east coast to west coast, just you, you need to come ready. You need to be prepared for it. And I'm not just saying like with like your own water. You need to be prepared for, for war. Like yeah. Bring rations to eat. They don't give you shit. Yeah, bring food. Word. Bring your own gum. Yep. And, like, bring, like, 
weapons now. Like, we warmed up. Like, I was like Leon Spinks. Yeah. Road work in the airport. Yeah, we warmed up beforehand. Yeah. He held the gloves up. I warmed up beforehand. <laughs> because now when you fly, anything could happen. It's a fucking free-for-all out there. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be when we were kids, you fly the, fly the friendly skies. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jane. Fly the friendly skies. Now it's... Fuck you. You get peanuts thrown at your ass. It's tense in the airports. The TSA, it's like the TSA versus the people. Yeah. Yeah. TSA is beefing with other TSA, like Terminal 4s, like, yo, them motherfuckers over at 3. Yeah. Molesting the uh, passengers and shit. Yeah, you get frisked. It's like you might you don't even need to go to the rub and tug anymore. You just go to the TSA. No, but apparently the Terminal 4 in San Francisco had beef with Terminal 2. It was like a gang shit. Yeah. I made it nice. That's the housewife stuff. If if, if there's how there might be just a few of you housewives fans in here. But you know, I love I love my housewives. I love you more. <laughs> I can't believe we're doing these shows. How are you guys doing in the front there? Everybody's that's good? That's my man, Jay. Oh, that's for me? Okay, Jay. Yeah. Okay, Jay. Weed is legal here. Completely legal? The best city. Like, not like, like 7-Eleven legal. Like, anybody, any place, anytime. Damn. All you got to do is be in the state. Wow. That is fucking dope. Are you allowed to smoke in here? You're not allowed to smoke nah. here, but if we go outside, you could smoke. That don't make any sense. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that doesn't make... Why can't we smoke in here, if we could, but you could smoke outside? Can we smoke backstage? Like, if we left for five minutes, can we... We can. Okay. How are you guys feeling about Marshawn Lynch? He left. He had a good run. He has a, his, he had you a good know, run. No, no hard feelings, right? You're not, you're not going to yeah. call him a cupcake, right? I like him, too. Yeah, he did his thing. Yeah. Tough. I, I, you know what I'm starting to realize from these Tough. shows? Because when, when, when normally when we podcast, like we podcast like this, right. we do the shows out here, we podcast this way, and then you get wild cards that think they're in the podcast. Word. Word. Now, you're, you're in the podcast, but on my terms, you fuck you. <laughs> Sit the fuck down. Yeah. Sit down. We just started. I didn't bring out Sean Kemp. He's like, wait, wait, yeah. wait. Are you videotaping me? I'll stick that fucking camera up your ass. Yeah. Now I realize I, I must bring that out in people because I'm telling you, the show the other night, they were unruly, man. They were worse than New yeah. York, and New York was like, those are my people, but San Francisco's is nuts. Like, I feel like this, this people are with me here. I don't know, like, the mid. How are you guys in the middle there? Okay, I, I see you, I see you, I see yeah. you, I see you. Okay, I'm going to take a few questions in it for me and G. Moody, and then I'm going to bring out the Rain Man himself. All right, yes. has anybody got any questions? Jordan, where are you? Jordan, you got one? No, why are you turn the lights on? It's like, it's like a bust in here. Keep them off. Holy shit. <laughs> All right, who's got a question? Now, now I want to say this. Sarah, hold on. Before you ask your question, the, the, I don't know the, the full definition of a question, but it starts with a 
with a thing and then ends with a question mark. Yeah. It's not a statement. Don't make it's a soliloquy. A whole thing. San Francisco was great, but they're quite like the public school system failed our entire <laughs> audience. Yeah. So you, you, you're clear on your Let's question see what you... mark. No, no, no. You're clear. Think about the question. It's not a, it's not a statement. Go ahead. We're going to try this. I got you over here. Sit the fuck down. You, sit down. Sit down. Sit your ass down. Sit bro. your ass. Sit down. We got, we got, we're, we're not going anywhere. We're here all we're night. We're here, we're here. Go ahead. Now take your time. Take your time. It's a one-shot deal. Set the tone correctly. I got, I got you, I got you. Go yeah, ahead. Bit, I'm, I'm going to just come right to the stage. Go ahead. We're making eye contact with you. What's the I question? I appreciate you. Big fan. Been a, been a big fan since Copland. That's not a question. Uh, but, but, I know you. Yeah. My question is for G. Moody. My oh. question is for G. Moody. Yes. All What's, right. Good. All right. Oh, that's like good. What's good? Like Go ahead. That. Good. All, always ready. 2015, G. 2016 what? podcast host of the year. That is me. Always, always ready, G. Monetti. But my question is, because you said you want to let the people decide, what's wrong with G. Moody? Last name rhymes with duty. Oh, that name. I like G. Monetti. Let's do it right now. Let's do a poll. I'll do a quick vote. Quick vote. Quick vote. You, need, you get two choices. You know what they are. Who prefers his nickname to be G. Moody, last name rhymes with duty? Okay. Who prefers his, last, his nickname to be always ready G. Monetti? There right. you have it. But I that's what the other people... I told Joanne. The other people are loyal fans. They don't want to, like, just... What if they could... You could have both. I'm known as the gringo man, Dingo. And Bird. And White Mike. And Mr. White Folk. I have a few names. <laughs> yeah. He's got his newfound fame. He doesn't know what to do. I you don't got know what two nicknames. You got one people's... To, to quote the great Fife Dog, you can't fight the fans. All right. You're right. The I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast is sponsored by Casper Mattress, an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. You could try a Casper mattress for 100 nights risk-free in your home. If you do not love it, they will pick it up and refund you everything. With over 20,000 reviews online and an average of 4.8 stars, Casper is quickly becoming the Internet's most popular mattress. They have sheets, they have pillows, they even have doggy beds. Go to Casper.com, save $50 towards any mattress purchased by visiting www.casper.com forward slash Rappaport. Use the promo code Rappaport. Try a Casper mattress, 100 nights risk-free in your home. If you don't love it, they will pick it up and refund you everything. Go to www.casper.com forward slash Rappaport. Gamertag Radio is headed to E3 2017. E3 is one of the biggest events for Gamertag Radio, and you don't want to miss this. Join hosts Danny Pena, Paris Lilly, and Peter Toledo direct from the convention center floor. What are the plans for Microsoft? We're going to see more new titles from Sony PlayStation. And how about Nintendo? Interviews, roundtable discussion, previews, hand-on impressions, and more. E3 2017 coverage on Gamertag Radio. June 11th through the 15th. GamertagRadio.com or play.it forward slash Gamertag. All right, I, this guy needs no introduction, especially here. 
He's uh, he's uh, you know, he's he's all about Seattle. Let's bring to the stage my man, the Rain Man, Sean Kemp. Yeah. Yes. Hello, hello, hello. Great show. All right. So. That's right, baby. You keep them Reeboks on. It's only about five pair left. <laughs> all right, wait, 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 wait. We're going to get into all of it. We're going to get into the skinny genification of the NBA. We're going to get into all of it. I'll, I'll just tell you a quick story how I met Sean. Me and Sean... Sean is a year older than me. Yes. Even though I look three years older than you now. Please. I don't know what the fuck happened. Yo, pay your respect, please. We were at the five-star basketball camp. Sean was a junior. I was a sophomore. And he was truly a man amongst boys at the camp. And at that camp that year, we're all teenagers. 15, Billy Owens. Lonzo uh, Morning. Rex Chapman was our t- was our counselor. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we had a, a lot of good players. I would say Christian like, Leitner, Chris, was he there? Christian Leitner was there. Uh, Chris Jackson was there. Right. Muhammad Arouf. A lot of good guys that come out that class. No. Ooh. And I'll tell you right now. This is true. But I, I, remember, I remember looking over at Sean and I was like, you know, like in my head I'm going to be in the NBA. And I remember, I swear, he don't remember this, but I remember like somebody was lecturing Sean wasn't paying attention. And I looked over to him, I'm like, I'm so not gonna be in the NBA. Like, I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, I was like, my hoop dreams like went, like it was like this, I'm so below where I'm supposed to be on my plan. Like I had a plan, like when I'm 15, this is gonna happen. When I'm 16, this is gonna happen. And I remember, you had like a, like a, go, a goatee. Yeah, a little goatee. Like you went through puberty when you were like 12, right? <laughs> 11 and a half, I was, well, at that age, 11, 12 years old, he's joking, but I was six, four and a half. Damn. So, Sean, where you been, man? How you been? Why are you in Seattle? What does this place mean to you? Keep the man, mic a little closer. The, uh, the city of Seattle basically gave me the foundation. Um, and, and what we do in life, sometimes we go out, we try to make things good, make money, whatever. But I learned to be a millionaire here in Seattle, so I still reside here in Seattle. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's what's up. So I call this my home. Been married 16 years. Um, this is truly my home now, so uh, that's what's up. All right. Yeah. We're not so, L.A., no. but we got Seattle in yes, the heart. Yes, baby. yes, yes, absolutely. So uh, how are you feeling about the NBA now? You're like, will you play? I'm going to get into your career, but let, let's right now. We're in the midst, just so you guys know, the Houston Rockets, they're done. The tricks, yeah. they, they got beaten tonight it's, by... by uh, it's a wrap. They're it's finished. A wrap. It's a wrap. So, so <laughs> it's, it's, a wrap. it's San Antonio Golden State, and it's, it's Cleveland versus... Who's they, they're still fighting in the East. What do you th- how has the NBA changed since you left? Well, I mean, it's changed in a number of ways. I think the game of basketball had to become a little more... <laughs> it had to become a little more faster in order for them to keep up with some of the other sports like... I would say like football or NASCAR, some of these things that you see on TV. So I think what they basically what they did is they said that the game needs to become faster. We take the physicality out of the way. We add more three pointers in, more scoring in, and it makes the game more 
more lovable. So, all right, so let me ask you a question. So you, you were touted to play in the NBA. Like, it was like all, like, it was like, it was going to happen. I feel like basketball, did it come easy to you? Like, did, like was basketball always something like, because honestly, when I saw you at basketball camp, like, this was supposed to be the best in the country, and you never seemed, like, I was watching you play. I wasn't playing at yet your level, but I was like, this guy's, like, playing around with the actual best high school players in the country. They're the same age as you. Some of them are older than you. Some of them are bigger than you. But it was like, you were clearly, like, the guy. Like, did it come easy to you always? I wouldn't say it came easy to me, but I think I was pretty focused on the game of basketball. No different than you guys are on your craft right here. Um, you know, it's no different than I tell kids. Like, you, you have to dream it in order for you to live it. And it, it started pretty early for me. I told you guys, like, at 11, 12, I was already 6'4". Therefore, you, you make sacrifices in what you want to do and be good. Mm -hmm. and, you know, so you... You hear me? So you, I'm serious when I say so. You go to school at 5, 5.30 in the morning to practice on your craft every morning before the kids get there because you want to be that guy. That's who I was. So that's, that's why that seems strange. Okay. All right, so, so you had some, you know, like there was some bumps to get, you know, college, not college. You get to the NBA. When you first got on the court as a Seattle Supersonic, when was your first moment? Like, who was the first person you were playing against, opponent, teammate where you were kind of like, holy shit, I'm part of this now. I'm no longer dreaming it. I'm no longer a fan. I'm about to check this guy up or this guy's about to check me. I'm about to, like, what do you like the first memory where you have, like, you're sort of like still, like you're still on that line of being a fan before you totally accept right, being right. like Sean Kemp? No doubt about it. Like, say the first game that I played in the NBA was a preseason game. This was in 1989. We actually had training camp in San Diego, California. So the first preseason game came on and um, a lot of veterans didn't want to play this game because it's just preseason. So coach says, you're starting. And I said, okay. So I look at the list and it says, Sean Kim, then it says, Manute Bow. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so I was like, wow. You know, now I know I'm in the NBA because the Manute Bow is seven foot right. seven. Right. <laughs> so and, and, and then, in high school, they were like five seven. And now I'm going seven seven. And you, so. you're playing against dudes that are bigger than you. And Absolutely. he's got, like, because you got a son that's balling out. He, can you believe that Bowl, Manute Bow has a son? Yeah. Bowl Bowl. Yes. And so many of you guys have, like, Gary's got a son who plays Absolutely. Ball. Absolutely. I've seen Manute's son play. He's a very good young player. So, yes. yeah. So, so, uh, the, 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 the further away Seattle gets away from having a basketball team, I think the more that team is missed and embraced. There were so many iconic players, the logo, the green, the yellow. What, 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 is your, what is your memory of that team? Like, what was that team really like? Gary Payton, Ricky Pearson, then George Carl. Like, what, what do you, when people ask you about that team, like, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Well, I mean, the, fir the first thing that comes to me is, like, and people have to understand this, is that, See, there's a, there's been a different sports team here in Seattle. Seattle, the, the Supersonics was the only team that were very, very active in the community. Wow. So the reason, the reason that, one of the reasons that I'm still here is because I still do a lot of work in the community. And uh, that's what they taught me at the age of 19. So you kind of fall back on the things that you were taught at the young age. Um, they taught me about the community. They taught me about the team aspect. And they taught me about the business aspect. And uh, you just you stick on to those things that you learn very early on. And when you're, you're coming into the league, Gary Payton, this is this guy, he's so, like, I talk shit. I just saw he Gary in Vegas. He talks a lot. He, he hasn't stopped talking. Hey, and you know what? 
He's in town right now, and I, I actually talked to him a little while ago. He was talking shit. He's talking <laughs> shit. So, so that team, you had all these guys. You had veterans. You had young guys. Who was the leader of that team? The leader of the team? Well, I mean, the leader, the leader comes from me and Gary, but I will tell you this. Um, I was here before Gary, a year before Gary was, and I, I wanted some type of player that could play with me, somebody that would challenge me, somebody that I could bark at. Right. Because the best challenges that you get from life is going to be the one that's next to you a little bit because they kind of motivate you. So I was watching TV one Saturday morning, and Gary Payton's on there playing at Oregon State, and he's chirping at somebody running all the way down the court. So I go into the office that Monday, and I told Bob Woods, I said, that's the guy that we need right there. Wow. No doubt. What, what was it about him? What was it about him? Like, what was about him that was, you knew he was, like, going to be, like, NBA ready? Well, it's hard to, t- it's easy to talk trash, but you got to bag it up. And I think I can see him bagging it up week after week after week. And you see that, then you just want to be a part of, someone to be a part of what you're trying to push. Right. And you want, you want that, that teammate. And it takes two to tango, but I think we did a pretty good job while we played here in Seattle. Absolutely. You guys were killing it for so many years. Your draft class, Danny Ferry, Sean Elliott, Glenn Rice, Nick <laughs> Anderson, Tim Hardaway. Yeah. yeah. You were drafted 17th by Seattle. A gentleman that came to New York. We loved him in New York. I always felt like he was a Sonic. Tell me what it was like uh, uh, being uh, like mentored by first team all goon Xavier McDaniel. (laughs) Yeah, X. Like when when we came to New York, I was like, thank God, God, because X. (laughs) Definitely a misunderstood person. How? But I will tell you this, man. Go back to 1988. You couldn't just come in and like take a person's job that was 30 years old or 25 years old. You actually had to go to a butt whipping to even get auditions for those jobs. So it was quite a few butt whippings that Xavier gave me. But I stood in there, man, and uh, kind of went at him every day. And I think he got a little tired of me trying to fight him every day. But well, He was tough, though? Yeah, he was tough, man. Tough as they come, no doubt about it. Taught me all the toughness. When I came to Seattle, I was a small forward. When, uh, when I got done training with X-Men, I decided to play center. Wow. <laughs> you played in the league with so... I'm going to throw some names at you. Carl Malone, he's in the Western Conference. He's, 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 he's older than you. Yeah. This is a guy who's known for being. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know that's Seattle-centric shit. Yeah. I like that. No doubt. So uh, when, I, when I say Carl Malone, you're a big guy. Absolutely. This is a tough guy. This guy, like, you know, like flips tires with his teeth. Yeah. What do you remember about playing against Carl Malone? Man, uh, man, he, I tell you what, he, he kicked my butt for a number of years. Gave me a good old lesson to learn in the NBA. And I think, um, I will say this, man, he, he, he shattered every teeth in my mouth through a three-year period. That's how hard he Are is. Are you serious? Wow. Absolutely. Really? He knocked out your teeth? About all of them. Damn. Damn. About all of them, man. So, now, um, but I will say this, like, that's what you do, man. You get down, you fall, you get back up. Right. You go back at it, you learn, you get a little stronger, you get the confidence, and then you get this, this lucky thing that happens to you one day. And I was losing, we were, we, had, we were losing to the Jazz in the series, and I'm leaving the locker room, and Carmelo's mom, she's, she's passed away now, but she came by and she, 
she told me one good thing. She goes, you know, you're our favorite player at the house. Wow. Really? And when his mom, when his mom told me that, I was like, you got him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving him the business. Yeah. Now I can give you the business, man. That's all it took. <laughs> Akeem Olajuwon. Absolutely. Now, now, you know, Dream. Like, we're the same age, Sean. I, so <laughs> I'm watching him at Houston. I'm watching yeah. Five Slamma Jamma. I'm watching his evolution as a player. I'm watching it at Houston get better and better and better and right, better. Right. How do you wrap your head around like, yo, now I'm going to go at this dude? Like, what was, what was, like, what was it like with Akeem? Well, the king, man, it was so different because the guys that previously played against him was uh, a little scared of him. Had because so of what? Mo- his shake moves. He was unpredictable of what he was going to do. So uh, basically, man, I used to study him day and night, which way he was going to move this way, which way he was going to move this way. So I would, would study him and know his moves better than he would. And it really frustrated him. So I think I was one of the first guys that had enough bounce to really stay with him and it definitely bothered him. The two years that Houston won those championships, those back-to-back championships, should have been a championship here in Seattle. That, the first year was the, the second year was the Denver year, but the, the, the first year was the year that the Lakers beat us at the yeah. Tacoma Dome, and both of those losses were ridiculous. Well, was, when, so, when, so when that, like, I mean, I don't want to bring up, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. The Dikembe moment, it's like, it was yeah. such a... Yeah, but I'll tell hey, you. Tell me, me about that series. Let me tell you something about that. Let me tell you. Hey, let me tell you something about that Dikembe moment. If you easy. ever take it easy, I'll let you ask questions you, in a minute. If you I've ever, been waiting for this for 15 years. Yeah. If you ever watch that clip, the game is over and he's on his back, and I'm still down there trying to kick the ball out of his hand. Yeah. That's how bad it hurt. I'm still down there trying to swipe and kick the ball out of his hand, and he's celebrating for the win. I'm like, get, uh, get the ball out your hand. What do you do? Like, you, you know, like all these teams, like this year, I am so, I'm rooting for anybody to take down Cleveland. But when you, when you go through, when you go through a season, obviously the, the, the Bulls, the Bulls season, which I want to talk about Jordan and playing against those teams. But like, what do you remember like about those seasons? Because the X, it was right there. You had all, all the, the, the pieces. It seemed like you won so many games. You had a coach. You had a system. You had an identity. You had dead left. When you guys lose those, how long did it take you to, like, decompress from that? It takes a while, man. It's tough, especially, as, as we all know, nobody remembers second place. So it was good to go against Jordan and these guys and stuff. And, you know, we gained experience, and I think we gained definitely confidence going against them. But also, at that time, we were kind of an older team. And um, I, I, th- I thought changes had to be made. Changes were going to be made. One of the things that we didn't do correctly here in Seattle is that we all often made changes when we were winning. And I think if a team is really doing well, if you watch and you look at some of these teams in the NBA and the history of the NBA, a lot of those teams were kept together intact, all 12 men. Right. So when you talk about the Detroit Pistons, that whole team was together for three straight years, yeah. four years. Right. You talk about Chicago Bulls, no trades made for two, three, four years. And one of the mistakes we did was always trying to get better. Sometimes you don't have to get better. You just have to get more knowledgeable. So when you guys... So, 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 so talk to me about, about, like, Jordan. Like, first of all, specifically... What was it like to really play against Michael Jordan yeah. <laughs> in his prime of primes? Like, what was that like? What do you remember? What made him 
better than some of the greatest of the greats. Like, he just was always figuring out a way. What well, was it like? Just his approach to the game, I think, um, you know, Michael always held himself at a higher caliber than a lot of guys do. Uh, also, he's a great poker player, so you can't read his face. What I mean by that, you, when a person, when you don't know what a person's emotions is or you don't know if they're getting excited, it's, sometimes it's hard to read that person. That's truly who he was. He really hid his emotions behind his face and a work ethic. He, he came from a good system. He knew exactly what he wanted to accomplish. He had good role players, a good system, and very smart. I mean, I didn't really enjoy playing against him because we knew we weren't going to get any official calls. So that was one of the things did, we knew. Did that. you really so, feel like he had, the, he had the reps, like his star power? Well, I don't think they really looked out for him in a favorable way, but I think his aggressive to the game, he knew how to play certain things to drive the ball at certain times. He knew he was going to get these calls. Um, I just think he was smarter than a lot of guys that play the game of basketball. It's just the intelligence that made him who he is. It's not his athletic ability. He said he was, he was just in his own. Absolutely. Now, he was coached by Phil Jackson. Now, I have a suggestion. You guys don't have basketball here. I'm willing to give you guys the fucking Knicks. Yeah. Like, I'm really... Yeah. I'm willing to, like, we, we, we want it. We, I'm working on, I'm pulling some strings. I got some lawyers involved. I filed some paperwork. <laughs> we'll we want to disown the Knicks. Hell yeah. Now, I know you haven't had basketball here. Right. You sure you want that? You got to take them as is. You got to take Carmelo too, motherfucker. No, and, yeah. no, no, time with, out. Time with out. Carmelo. <laughs> you got to take him with Carmelo, and Phil Jackson will be in the 10th row, sort of falling oh. asleep during games. Hell no, yeah. No Phil Jackson. No Phil Jackson, man. No Phil Jackson. We'll take George Carl back before Phil Jackson. Do they still love George in Seattle? They love George in Seattle, absolutely, yes. So, so, so give me some perspective on that. You're a fan of basketball. <laughs> My New York Knicks, you played against Oakley. Mm, yes. Yes. How did the Knicks get fixed? We have Carmelo Anthony. He's obviously going through personal problems. We got a GM, <laughs> president of basketball, who looks like he'd rather be doing anything else than being a GM slash president of basketball. He's at the games, like, semi-nodding. On that is, there, we. is there any way to fix a New York Knicks, Sean? <laughs> oh. Well, I think, first of all, I mean, Carmelo has to be moved. And, um, I mean, Phil Jackson, is a, he's an older GM. If the GM can't go out and scout talent, he can't be your GM. The GM has to be a go-around and scout college talent. Uh, Phil doesn't really do that because he's an older gentleman. He sends people out. So if you can't see talent in your own eyes, it's hard for you to pick. You can't go through the chalkboard, because that's basically what we do at home, watch TV, go through the newspaper and the chalkboard, so we coach from the couch. Right. That's basically what Phil is doing in New York, and that's why it's not working. Now, this whole thing with Magic Johnson, because somebody asked me about the Levitard thing, that's sort of what sparked the whole Magic Johnson thing, because I think that, you know, just Magic's tenacity to succeed in life that he'll figure it out. Whether he's going to scout all the talent, he hires somebody to help him do it half the time. What do you think about him? Like, people are like, well, he shouldn't do this. You know, like, Phil, it didn't work for Phil. It worked for Larry Bird, even though they never won a championship, but he has a successful organization. What do you think about Magic? I think Magic will do a pretty good job. The first thing that he has to do is be able to go out and catch the eyes of a, a pretty good player. And then, when I'm looking out there right now, so it would probably be like Carmelo. To L.A. I would assume. Oh, he's going like to ruin that. that team. Yeah, I mean, 
So, I mean, if you're a Laker fan, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> and, and what about and what about this this thing? like you you came out? Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> You, you came out at a time when, like, you know, the high school guys yeah. started coming after, you know, like, you, you, you didn't play college, but then Garnett and then the Kobe's right. and all that. And now you get a lot of guys, you know, you were NBA ready. Obviously, Kobe was NBA ready. Absolutely. LeBron was NBA ready. Mm-hmm. Right. So many of these guys are coming out. Like, you were skinny when you came in the league, mm-hmm. but you were NBA ready skinny. These dudes are looking malnourished. Coming into the NBA, do you think like that? That's that's affecting the league. Like these guys that are 19, they played one year at college, half the year they might have been hurt. They scored one game where they scored you know 25 points, and next thing you know they're drafted in the top five. Well, I don't think they should go back to that right there. But I, I don't think you have to be as strong as you had to. Like when I played in the 90s, I don't think it's that much physical. My prediction in the NBA will be that there will be a woman playing in the NBA within 10 years. A woman? Yes. Sean. Yeah. Listen, I got no... Listen, I love college basketball, women's basketball. I love women. I played against the uh, the Olympic women team, got my ass bust. (laughs) But I'm not Sean Kemp. You actually think a woman would be good enough to play in the NBA? Absolutely. I do too. Really? Yeah, 100%. What what kind of woman? Caitlin? 100% because... I don't, I don't, I don't think it'll be a, uh, it'll be a, a woman with size, but I think it'll be a, some type of guard. Surely, uh, there's going to be a woman here in the next ten to fifteen years that can shoot the ball, run right. the ball, you heard do everything first. that these guys can do. No doubt about it. That would be, I guess, because the game isn't as physical. Right. But like getting hit on like a Kelly Olynyk pick. Can't you take- know, if you're out there playing. Yeah. But the once you get out. used to the, the the physicalness of it, you can take it. But I actually think that women are more fundamentally sound than men on the basketball court. All right. I agree with that. Yeah. So, All right. I'm going to let you guys, because I know you, this is, this is the Seattle crowd. I'm going to let you guys ask some questions. Jordan, where are you? Where's Adam? Yo, it's me. I'm right here. Yeah. Where are you? <clears throat> right in the middle, baby. Okay. Yo, All let's right. go right here. We're going to have some, you might, Adam, you might have a first question. You can start, and you prove, show, make sure you, you set the tone of what an actual question is. Yeah, so an actual question, it's like you said, it ends in a question mark. It's not something stupid, like, you know, what kind of cologne does Detlef Shrimp wear? <laughs> well, that is a good question. That's though. actually a great yeah. question. I mean, that what kind of cologne example. did Detlef Shrimp wear? English, English leather. leather. Stetson. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? You want it? He's going to kill me. Stetson. Why is he shooting all right, here we go. We got Nolan right here. Where are you from, Nolan? Seattle. Hell yeah, what's your question? Sean, why aren't you the coach of UW men's basketball team? Oh, man. Listen. If I was the coach at UW, there'd be some problems, man, because... Keep the mic there. I would, and I'll tell you guys this, like, the reason that I don't coach, because you got to have, like, you got to be able to handle your nastiness inside so I found this out when I was coaching one of my son's team I was like it was too much nastiness in me because I wanted to like you know I, like okay every day you're not going to be good so some days you got to be shook yeah. and then you play better you know what I'm saying so was, there, was, there were days like that <laughs> and then I was like my son was like you know you can't shake me here <laughs> like you do at home so you mean, it every time. So you, you afraid to be too hard on the kids? No doubt about it. I would be too hard on them. Do you think that, do you think, that's a good question. Do you think that, that the, like, the kids now, like, obviously, 
you know, well, you guys are stars. I mean, it didn't change. Right. You know, like college basketball, you know, the, the, all the things that were given, it's all documented and all that stuff. You're stars. But now, like, you have these kids that are touted at 12 years old, 13 years old. They're, they have, you know, a million followers on Instagram. Everybody's being tracked. You know, yeah. when, when, when I was coming up, it was like, it was you. It was Kenny Anderson. It was like a handful of guys that sort of right. broke through that, right. you know, made national attention. Now, everybody is tracked. Well, on Instagram and on high school all throughout, and they're like little debutantes. Yeah. You know, well, absolutely. I think a lot of times these kids they get a mixtape or highlight tape, yeah. and they they're promoting themselves at an early age these days. Um, and there's a big difference between promotion and practice. Mm. Right. You understand That's what I'm the saying? Show. Yeah. So they don't teach you that in school, but they're promoting themselves, but they haven't put enough practice in really to to honor their craft and. Um, the difference between today is when you look at yourself on TV, on that telephone, you get stuck doing that right. constantly. Right. right. So, I mean, I'm thankful to come up in the 90s because ESPN was just something that we watched. Now kids just watch the highlights. Basketball is something that you watch the whole entire game. But if you see a kid just watch the highlights, uh, obviously he's not studying the game of basketball. Yeah. And that's why There's he a plays, very big difference. Yeah. Right, right. Very big no, difference. I, I hear you. Because, cause, cause so, you know, I mean, and, and there's so much going on with, with, with you know, like uh, the, 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 the kids grew up watching the show Entourage. Everybody wants to be Vinny Chase, but a lot of motherfuckers are just Johnny Drama. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and with the, you know, like the Lonzo Ball of it all and the, the what, what is your take on that? Yeah. Like, what, what is your take on this whole thing? You, you gonna cop them sneakers? Well, you, why do you have on no why big you don't baller? Got them you're not a big baller. You're not a big. You're not. You're no, not a big baller. I'm not a big baller. Yeah, I'm not a big baller either. I got my New Balance on. No, I just. I mean, you can never get mad at somebody for trying to get exposure, right. trying to promote their brand. Yeah. But um, you know, if you're gonna do that and you're gonna go that way, you have to have some class about yourself. Right. You understand? Because, you know, they. The problem becomes this when you read about a kid's dad more than you read about a kid. Right. And that's where the problem is. And yeah. I think um, he's putting some unneeded pressure on his son to live up to these expectations where I would think guys would be looking forward to playing against his son to show themselves against uh, this type of talent. So I think um, the best thing the fathers can do is just take it easy. Let his son develop his career himself. Um, but if you're out there pushing it and throwing it in everybody's face, it's not going to be good. When you when you when you uh, when you played, I'm going to take more questions from everybody. Who were the some of the meanest dudes? Like, who were some of the dudes where you were like, you know, like they just were mean, yeah. nasty, tough, well, dirty? But you know, who else? All right, well, I'll, I'll tell you guys this story real quick. So, I, my 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 first year in the NBA, Detroit Pistons were doing very good. So we're playing this game and. We played this game in Seattle against Detroit. I don't know if you ever saw the clip. I come down the court and I dunk on Bill Lambert. Hold the mic. I said, I dunk on Bill Lambert. So the timeout was called. Did that feel good, dunking on that motherfucker? Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, it did. But the timeout was called and Bill Lambert, all I remember was going up for a rebound and waking up in the hospital. Are you serious? Damn. Absolutely. Who, when you saw the videotape, who did it? Rick Mahorn. Oh. Yeah, of course. Of course. He, he was a mean dude, right? 
right the to cordies. the temple. Yeah. Right to the temple. And that morning, I woke up like at 4.30 in the morning, and I'm choking the doctor. And the doctor's like, settle down. The game was over eight hours ago. <laughs> you thought it was Rick Mahorn. Damn. <laughs> Who else? Give me another one. Who else? Oh, my. I think, um, you know, obviously Charles Oakley was a pretty nasty guy. Inside. Was, Charles, uh, was Charles tough? <laughs> but the strongest guy I've ever played against was Buck Wims. Mm. Yes. From the New Jersey Nets and Portland. Yeah, he Portland. played for Portland when I got here. It was like me playing against my dad in the driveway. I couldn't do anything with him. I was just holding on for mercy. <laughs> Strong. Buck Williams is the strongest human being I ever played against in my life, seriously. Wow. No doubt about it. Buck Williams. Buck. Yes. All right, what, where are you at, Adam? Right here in the middle. We got, we got Munch. All right. His, his name is Munch. You guys Munch. got any questions about that? So my question is, first of all, top two all-time slam dunk uh, competition competitor in my whole life. I grew up basketball. Father's a basketball state coach champion. And my one question is, who is the one NBA player you want to sock the fuck out of? <laughs> besides the two, you just, besides Lane Beer and Mahorn, who is the other one that you just like, who pissed you off the most besides those guys? Man, y'all going there tonight, aren't you? <laughs> y'all really going to go there tonight, huh? No, I'll, I'll tell you, it's uh, no doubt Kevin Willis, man. Kevin Willis. Got the little short arms? Yeah. Definitely Kevin Willis. Yeah, the T-Rex. T-Rex arm. One time. Kevin Willis. He played for like 27 years, right? Man. Is he still in the league? One ounce of fat on his body all those years. That's a good question. All right, Adam, what's the next one? Uh, first of all, Munch pulled an audible right there. His original question uh, was not, who would you sock the fuck out? It, it was, uh, uh, what dunk contest uh, did you feel like you were robbed? And then he said, nowadays, what do you think these dunkers are missing? That, that well, so, I mean, so, yeah, first, first your dunk contest memories, Sean. Because to me, like this year was a tipping point. Yeah. I'm a fan of basketball. Now, I'm fortunate enough that I, I, I didn't have to pay for the dunk contest tickets. <laughs> but if I had paid for those tickets yeah, this yeah. year, and the, like last year yeah. was good, but the years previously, yeah. I feel like it's so disrespectful. Mm-hmm. I imagine when you were in the dunk contest, it wasn't like, they, like your first couple mm-hmm. years. They didn't have to twist your arm. You probably dreamed of that. Well, this is what, and I'll break this down to you guys. Like the dunk contest is something where you, you're supposed to be able to go out Use no gadgets, no tricks. It's just no yeah. anything. It's Cars. just about you. What can you do in a basketball? Creativity. <laughs> For creativity. Yeah. You hear what I'm saying? Mascots. What can you create? Yeah. No jumping over anything. Yeah. And that's a very hard thing to do. And I think now that they've let guys bring gadgets and capes. Yeah. All kind of shit, man. Stuff in and just is taken away from it. But um, no, I enjoy doing it. I didn't. I never went to the dunk dunk contest and tried to really win. My deal was to go there and let everybody know I was the hardest dunker there was in the NBA. Right, right. That was it. It was all about the power, baby. That's all it was about. It wasn't about the championship. Okay. It was just like, when we went to camp, we had this rule. They said, what? No dunking. Right. No dunking at the camp. Right, and I I was pissed because I wanted to dunk like every single time down. (laughs) And I remember Sean being like, yo, don't dunk. Like, stop dunking. They said, you're going to get kicked out. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. He said, chill. Because, like, when I was, I could jump. Yeah, but seriously, I mean, that's just how it was. And I think um, nowadays they've taken a little bit away. You see guys jumping over chairs, different things, the props. It can go good one year, but the next year it's probably not going to go that well. So, 
The dunk contest should be about which can you create with a basketball in the middle of the air. Obviously, we know tall guys generally don't do very well in those right. contests. So to me, it was just a, a chance to go out and show people that I could dunk the basketball very, very aggressively hard. Right. Um, the first year I was in a dunk contest, I lost to D. Brown. He right, with the Reebok so, shit. Yeah. So I'm watching him, and he done this, but he's looking at the rim like this. Oh. And I'm like, oh, it's but obviously, they gave him a 50. The second year, it was Cedric Sabalas, blindfold. That's right. where the gadget started. Yeah. yeah, obviously you can see through it because he put the blindfold on and tied his shoes up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. How the fuck you tie your shoe, motherfucker? <laughs> That's funny. Yo. Speaking of dunks, what's your favorite dunk of your career? Is when, it when the they garden? Have, they, have, they have they have like top twenty Sean Kemp dunks. Yeah. If you and when when you when you're ninety five. And they say, we're going to put one of your dunks in the Smithsonian, Sean. Let's say three. You can put three of your dunks in the Smithsonian. In in order, though. You got to put them in order. The guard is a motherfucker. Well, the first dunk would be this. I never really dunked a basketball until we got to New York. I was smart enough to know to wait and save that as a young fella until I got to New York. So my first dunk was a double pump backwards dunk in New York. But after that dunk, I had 36 dunks in the next month. Wow. So I would say that the dunk in New York, the Lister Blister, oh, and the yeah, Rattler Gap. The Lister was mother. When you did that dunk in New York, were you like, do you remember like there was like a gasp? It was almost like yeah. something violent happened. Yeah. Not, well, I remember I done the dunk in New York, they, the referee, the ball dropped, and he goes, holy shit. And he goes, uh, TV timeout, TV timeout. <laughs> And then the X-Men, and I don't know if you remember, X-Men and Charles Oakley had just gotten this fight. Oh, and the fight had went up like 20 rows up in the stands. Right. So X-Men, he, he runs back to the bench and he says, look, put your pussies on this team, talking about our Sonics. So I was sitting at the end of the bench like this, because, I mean, I'm young. He, he's like, you're not tough. You're not tough. And he looked down at the bench. He goes, baby boy, you better do something. If not, I'm going to kick your ass in the locker room as soon as you get in there. Damn. So I was like this. Motivation so, for your yeah, ass. But then, I've been sitting in the bench for like three weeks, and then coach is like, Sean, you're in. And I'm like, what? You didn't put me in. And I'm like, <laughs> like, That's what? crazy. Yeah. Yeah, How so, old were you? Were you 20 or 19? 19. Dang. 19. 19. In the 90s with these yeah, man, grown so, motherfuckers, man. I didn't so, realize that was that same game of that fight. Cause there you go. Talk about a heavyweight fight. Yeah, and then um, so... It, Dana Burns was like, yo, next time I'm dribbling down, I'm just going to throw the ball, just jump up and dunk it. I said, from where? He says, from anywhere. You know how high you can jump? So I'm like, whatever. That became, that became the thing. Right. So I just right. like, whatever, let's do it. Did you feel like that became like a stigma or when you're young, you're all in? Like, it's, like you're, you're like down for the cause. Well, absolutely, because when I done that dunk, X-Man was kicked out the game, but he ran back into the stands. <laughs> he ran back inside the ring and said, yeah, baby, boy. I was like, yeah. That's dope. I got his attention, so it was all that's good. Dope. That's great. So all that's right, what's, what's another up? question? Yo, Mike, I got a follow-up follow right here. Okay, bro. you got a follow-up, Adam? I want to know, like, uh, Sean, when you dunked on Rodman in the 96 finals and just fucking shit on his shoulders. Oh, that's called a T-drop. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> all right, we got, we got Andy right here from okay. Seattle with a question. Hey, Sean, you might have to go to Michael Rappaport for the definition uh, but I want to know, during your time on the team, who was the number one stick man on the Sonics? Hey. 
Remember him, motherfucker. Is it? Is it that legal? Is it that legal? Is it that legal? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm just playing. <laughs> What's the next one, Adam? Young blood. <laughs> Young blood was. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't Perkins. Uh, trust me, it wasn't Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, have you have you have you thought about doing like? There's so many players like you know. That used to play. I mean, you're so iconic. Have you thought about doing stuff like, you know, you know, stuff like ESPN, Fox Sports One? Like, because I think people would love to hear from you more, man. Probably so, but I'm. No, I'm serious when I say this. When I come, I do a lot of business. I've been able to stay busy, staying, getting busy in the business world. But I like to be quiet. I think, um, you know, my life has always been pretty personal. Right. You know, and when you go through ups and downs, man, you want life to be good. You don't take any too many chances on anything. Um, and uh, I enjoy not being on TV. I hear you. Yeah, I, I hear do. you. Yeah. Yeah. Because like when people like like when people found out that we were getting Sean Kemp on this podcast, they were Absolutely. like, "You got Sean Kemp?" And I said, "Yeah, motherfucker, yeah, I got yeah. Sean Kemp." Yeah, That's but right. I, even my man Bill Simmons, he was like, "I'm jealous." I said, "I know you are, motherfucker." No, you tell Bill. I, said, I told him. You tell I, him I said hello. I told. I told him. That's right. All right, let's take a, let's take a, take a couple more questions, Yo, and I'm gonna Mike, let Sean go. Up here in the corner, to your left. Uh, uh, all right, and then come down here. There's some in yeah, the front. Well, okay. Over here, we got Paige right. up here. We're gonna mix okay. it up. Hi, Michael. I know you're a fan of the Real Housewives. Yes. Sean, I love you. Seattle loves you. G. Moody, you might not know about the Housewives. Here's my question. All right. What would you guys' taglines be? What would our timelines be? Taglines. Taglines. Oh, man, taglines. You know what? Let something me... short and bitchy. Come I know, on, guys. I know. I got to come up with something. <laughs> let, me, let me think of something, and I'm going to come back with it before the end of the show. It's got to be a good tagline. Cause a good tagline. I, 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 I'll tell you this. You know, some people, like... I'm all into my Real Housewives shows. Yep. And, and some people are like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, you got your flannel shirt on. You're confusing yeah. us. I put up the Real Housewives versus Mad Men, Breaking Bad, The Sopranos, and that Game of Thrones bullshit any day. <laughs> Same thing. The television is for hey. entertainment, and hey. there ain't nothing more entertaining. I like the midget shows, man. I like the girls the little midgets. <laughs> They That's have a great the, show. Yeah, the, 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 hey, same, the little midgets, they fight now. You yeah, know, I like, it's I like crazy. It. I like it. I like it. They're pushing like the boundaries in TV. I'm going to come up with a tagline. All right, right here. We I'm going to let one more question for Sean. Uh, good, a good question. A good couple one. more. A couple more. All right, we got Colin from Tacoma. What's happening, fellas? Big fan of all three of you. Sean, I'm curious about some hip-hop. What were you guys listening to in 96? When you, we all were playing the Bulls in the finals. What was playing in the locker room? And also... What's your top five? Man, I, I used to listen to all the, all the shit that Coach didn't want us in the locker room listening to. So N.W.A., Tupac, Biggie Smalls. I actually like uh, most Def, most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. My favorites. Yeah, he was sure. Yeah, man, and um, you know, you, all of us like the dog back then. We all right, we, Snoop. We, yeah, we like Snoop. So the big homie. You know, no doubt, man. Yeah. So, I mean, hip-hop plays a big part of basketball, but I'm actually a fan of all music, not just hip-hop. Right. Yeah, me Absolutely. too. The, the, uh, the, uh, it, it's crazy when you think about that time. You think about the music. You think about, about the basketball. It's not better or worse. It's just, it's just changed. 
And it's, uh, you know, hopefully the change for the best. All right, what's another question? Well, let my man right here. He's been, he keeps raising. He's got the nice, uh, the, the, the apple jack. The apple jack on. Ed. Ed, and what do you do? Graphic design? Graphic designer, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, shit, you. Adam, you read minds? <laughs> no, we went over this at the beginning of the show. Okay. <laughs> he just got laid off. We have a relationship. Okay. So, Sean, what did you take away from that fucking playoff game against Phoenix where you guys got called for breathing every five seconds? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's like, for a long time, I always had this question mark, like, kind of like, what, like, what really happened? Because we played this game in Phoenix against the Suns, and the championship game, it was like 52 foul calls to seven. <sighs> So, like, for years, and I'm serious, for years, it was this big question mark in my head. Then I was reading the newspaper one morning, and I realized the one referee that went to prison. Oh. Guess what game he refereed? Damn. Are you serious? Tim Donahue. That one referee, the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they said it was only one referee that cheated. Donahue. But that one referee that went to prison, he was the referee of that game yeah. right there, so. The fix was in. I'm not saying the fix was in. Gmo Yeti said it. But I'm just telling you. The fix was in. Two of the foul calls. I was on the other side of the court, and I'm still don't know how they gave it to me. All right, let me get one more question for Sean, and then we'll, we'll let him go. Where are you at, Adam? We go over here to your right. Okay. Right here. Dr directly to your right. Look straight. Here. All right. Here we go. We got Okay, Jeremy. okay. Hey, uh, first of all, I just want to say fuck OKC. <laughs> all right, okay. All right. Yeah, BTA, yeah, you right. Yeah, okay. All right. I, I, okay. All right. Last time I said that, I was getting death threats. <laughs> Phone call. <laughs> Don't say that. When you, right. you said it? <laughs> I threw a party for uh, OKC losing two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, uh, I just want to get your thoughts on what, uh, how you felt when David Stern let the Sonics uh, move out from Seattle to OKC. No, I thought... <laughs> You know, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I, for a long time, I was kind of looking at David Stern, but I don't, I don't think that was the biggest fish in the, in the puzzle. I think it was our own mayor here in the, Seattle, in the city of Seattle. I think it was the mayor because the mayor is someone that's in control of not just politics but economics, did not notify as many fans as that they have around here that this was going to be a really serious thing. So I, as mad as I was at David Stern... I was really extra mad at our mayor at the time and because, you know, he didn't give us a chance to really put a good fight up for the team. Right. So um, I, I don't appreciate what David Stern did, but I understand what he did. Um, if you go into the politics, into these office, and they kind of tell you they don't care about the team, they don't really need the team, I can see why he would take an attitude against them. But, um, you know, I... I just think it's making it longer for us to get a team back here. So it's going to be a little tough work, but I think we can do it. Hopefully something can come up for sale. Uh, but if we wait on a franchise, if we wait on a franchise, another franchise team, that means that it has to be two teams that come into the same Western Conference. That could be forever. Right. Cool. So, um, yeah, it's a little upsetting, man. It's disappointing. Really, for and you guys think about this. You see all these guys in the Seattle area that's been able to make it to the NBA. That's because they were young and they got a chance to dream because mm. they saw the game of basketball getting played here. Yeah. So I'm more disappointed in all these kids that's growing up around here not getting a chance to see a LeBron yeah. James. Absolutely. You know, uh, Russell Westbrook or Kevin Durant. So it's like, 
All these little kids right here is getting a chance to really see somebody they can idolize or even feel closer to. Um, and that's where dreams start, man. Dreams start when you're young, you know. I never got a chance to go to an NBA game until I was in high school. My first game was the dunk contest that they had between Michael Jordan and Dominique Wilkins in mm. Chicago. Wow. Dang. That windmill, that, that two-hand I windmill. I went to that in 87, and I was playing two years later. That's so crazy. Yeah, wow. Yeah. All right, yo, let's give it up for the great Sean Kemp. Uh, I'm yeah. going to let him go. The great. Thank you. Love you. Word up. is headed to E3 2017. E3 is one of the biggest events for Gamertag Radio, and you don't want to miss this. Join host Danny Pena, Paris Lilly, and Peter Toledo direct from the convention center floor. What are the plans for Microsoft? We're going to see more new titles from Sony PlayStation. And how about Nintendo? Interviews, roundtable discussions, previews, hand-on impressions, and more. E3 2017 coverage on Gamertag Radio. June 11th through the 15th. Gamertagradio.com or play.it forward slash Gamertag. Is there a Starbucks around here? <laughs> oh, wait, what is that? This is like the, that's the new hipster thing, fuck Starbucks? Yeah. Why? Who? All oh, right, all right. They don't like hard, they don't like... Oh, no, he's a bony guy. He's from Brooklyn. <laughs> you got every, every city, you learn something new, okay. Oh, gotcha, 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 yeah, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. I don't know all the intricacies in the policy. Okay, I'm going to fuck the police also, is that what you said? Hey, Mike, thanks for bringing out Oh, yeah, that was my pleasure. We don't talk about politics here at the shows. We tried that in uh, Minnesota. We almost started a riot. Yeah. Learned that quickly. Yep. But I will say this. That Kim Jong-un? It's about... What? He makes me nervous, that little prick. Yeah. So, yeah, you guys brought up the stick man thing. The, 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 the stick man. And Alec, there's a big debate. I've been getting a lot of uh, 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 push from Alex Rodriguez because of his, his, his uh, new, newfound relationship with J-Lo. Oh. Now, now there... <laughs> They got a lot of resentments here in this yeah. town. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> no, I want to explain this. I want to explain this. A stick man, a stick man, it's about class. It's about, it's about a certain je ne sais quoi. It's, 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 a, it's not just a quantity, you know? Like, it's like if you, you anybody can pull, you know, there's, there's Joe Schmo, average Joe stick man. I'm sure there's some in here tonight. <laughs> Money right here. Have you seen it? You with yeah. this guy? Have you seen his Instagram profile? <laughs> but Alex Rodriguez, this is how we, like, you don't get into the Stickman Hall of Fame if you were under the influence of PEDs. Yeah. Some of his best work. You get disqualified. Completely disqualified. Yeah. Off the list. Derek Jeter, the great Leonardo DiCaprio. Stickman. Of course, of course. The actor who played Mickey 
in the Rocky movies, the great Burgess Meredith. Yes. Clooney. An unknown... An unknown Coxman. (laughs) Who's the what? Who? (laughs) Just left. We got, I'll take a few more questions. Everybody, go in the back because they're rowdy in the back. Yeah, these motherfuckers. Rap, I want to ask you what? What's the LeBron story? You've been teasing us with this LeBron story for two years. That's a good oh. question. What's the LeBron story? Oh. It's just yeah. like that. I'll tell you this. I'm not going to tell you the LeBron story <laughs> because because because. Because, because, uh, this is the first time I'm saying this, because I, I got I gotta, I gotta, all the rants, all the shit talking, all the stories, all the stuff, I got I got a book coming out in November, and that's where I'm, I'm dropping the, and, and one of my favorite chapters of the book is 23 Reasons Why You'll Never Be Like Mike. Mm. And in that chapter, that's bad. it's all said, but LeBron is the best player in the NBA by far. Doesn't it does it, it, one of the things that he has to it is his advantage is that he's never gotten hurt. Never, ever, ever somehow he's escaped injury. Every basketball player, every athlete, <laughs> Barry Bonds had injuries. Lance Armstrong had injuries. Roger Clemens had injuries. They all had injuries. Yeah. The he, guy who beat Carl Lewis. Ben Johnson, he had it. And we all know what they were on. Yeah. LeBron is on bear. <laughs> aspirin. Yeah, he's on that aspirin. He's on that aspirin. So, I mean, listen, we, you know, he's a good... The, one of the things about the, 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 uh, the, the, the mad shaming is that people will always say, why are you hating? Why are you hating? Because he ain't on my fucking team. I, I imagine when the Sonics were playing the Bulls, were you guys juggling Michael Jordan's nuts? Right. Hell no. Hell no. You need a good guy. You need a bad guy. It's part of sports. Shut this whole sort of thing about why you hating? You mad, bro? That's the whole thing. Like In sports, it's fun. It's not like I have anything personal against this, these people. You, but that's, that's the, that brings out the fun of sports. So, you know, that, that's why, like, the mad shaming incident of 2014 with Richard Sherman and Tom Brady, I think, I think Tom Brady really should have dealt with that a little better. And I can't stand him. Yeah. I can't stand him and Billy the Chin Belichick. Yeah, fuck them. The Giants are the only team that could beat them. He's great. He's fantastic. But that was handled wrong, the mad shaming. What's the next question? Uh, it's a tough question, but I got, I got a little battle going with my buddy here. He follows you like a motherfucker. What's your wiping stance? This goes for both of you. When you take a shit, how do you wipe? You, you want to know that question? Come here, I'm going to show you. Come yeah. here. Come, after the show, you come in the back. I'll show you how I wipe. Yo, I don't want this motherfucker near me, yeah. man. <laughs> That's don't bring your question. his ass up here. Sick, that's the sick fuck of the week. Yeah, the sick fuck of the week. What's your name, man? Where you from? Damn. All right. He on that ooh wee. 
What's the next question? Over here, rap, over here. What is Yo, it? Mike. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I can't Yo, see you, so want... I'm just looking forward. There you right, go. I'm just looking forward. I see. Yo, I want to say, first of all, rest in peace, Fife Dog. Second yes. of all, love yes. the documentary you did, the Tribe Called Quest documentary. I want to know, where do you rank Tribe Called Quest all-time groups, hip-hop? Groups, period. All right, well, as far as groups, period, I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to make... We shot, actually, at the... Um, what's the, what's the, the place where they have the concerts out in Seattle? What? Yeah, that one. The Rocks, what is it? Showbox? Is that out in the woods? I can't hear shit. Anyway, we shot out here with Fife. Um, and and the, the Tribe movie was, was a lot of fun to make. And as far as, as far as groups, you know, it's hard to pick what's the best. I mean, we could go back and yeah. forth. Run DMC. They're up there. They're top. As a group, they're Tri- up there. Tribe yeah. Called Quest. Icons, man. EPMD, Gangstar. Yeah. Outcast, Wu Tang. Beastie Boys. We want to shout out Sir Mix-a-Lot, man. Sir Mix-a-Lot. Shout out Sir Mix-a-Lot. Our guy Master Ace was out here rocking. Yep. So, you know, obviously Tribe Tribe meant a lot to a lot of fans. They they meant a lot to me, and I was happy we got the movie made. And, and with the passing of the great Five Dog, who would, uh, was, this was his time of year. I can say this about him. He was a good, good dude and the biggest sports fan I ever met, by far. Wow. I'd be wanting to ask him about Midnight Marauders, a low-end theory, and he'd go into his top five running backs from the 80s. So he just loved sports. So right. he was a good guy. All right, last question. Hey, Mike. Uh, you get two scripts in one day, one from Woody, one from Bobby. At the same time, which one do you take? Two scripts in one day, one's from Woody Allen, yeah. and the next one's from? Bobby. Bob De Niro. Yeah. Man, that's tough, man. I have to say, it's Bob De Niro directed by Martin Scorsese. I got to do that. I got to do Martin Scorsese. I mean, Robert De Niro, Martin Scorsese, it's like Scotty and Pippin, you know, Gary and Sean Kemp. It's a perfect, it's Batman and Robin, G. Moody, Mike Rapp. It's like yeah. the perfect combination. For sure. All right. Nothing. Be, be a Levitard fan. I don't give a fuck about him or his sidekick. Word. Give two shits about either Go one of them. Go to his show, motherfucker. You, you, ain't paid if, you ain't paid to see that fat motherfucker. Yeah, why you here? You're a Levitard <laughs> fan. Be his fan. You, you, I'm st- yeah. you, still, you still here, motherfucker. Word. This, this isn't dividing character. This isn't, you know, the Civil War. You can like Dan Levitard. Waste your time. People like new kids on the block also. <laughs> Motherfucker here talking like talking that. Talking that shit. Yeah, man. Talking that shit. <laughs> Motherfucker must have like NSYNC too. You like yeah. Backstreet Boys? Yeah. Hell yeah. A lot of people like TV dinners also. You got a Donny Osmond shirt on and shit. Levitard fan. Nobody gives a fuck about that. The crowd is out of shape here. I mean, the crowd yeah. is nuts. This is my man right here, though. Yeah. All right, listen. Yo, it's, this has been fantastic. We're going to hang out, take flicks, meet and greet. Yeah. I got to come out. I'm going to have a... You hang out. I'm going I'm to have a, uh, my Real Housewife tagline when I can keep my mind straight. I promise. And, uh, yo, 2015-2016 podcast goes to the year. Yes, yes. 
I want to thank, I want to thank uh, Seattle's own Adam Ray for coming up here and helping us out. Adam Ray, what's good? Another round of applause for the Rain Man, Sean Kemp. Hell yeah, Sean Kemp, the Rain Man. And I'm Michael Rappaport. This is the Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast. All right, thank you guys. Peace.